With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Mets fans, welcome back to Amazing Avenue Audio, the show. My name is Brian, with me as always is Chris. And Chris, we are in the bottom of the fifth inning in the second game between the Cubs and the Mets, and this game has been wild. And wild is sort of a good way to think about the Mets season thus far. Since we last spoke, the Mets have played a doubleheader, two full games. We are in the middle of game uh, number five since we last spoke. There's been some good, there's been some bad, there's been uh, just your typical early season frustrations and growing pains and all of that, but it's been so exacerbated because of how little the Mets have actually played this year. So the Mets are currently down 9-4, to four, but tonight we saw Lindor Homer, we saw Alonzo Homer, we saw J.D. Davis have another big hit. It's hard. The Mets are in first place, but they're kind of playing like shit. Like it's, it's hard to know how to feel right now. So how do you feel about the Mets on April 21st, 2021? So overall, I'd say I still feel pretty good about them. Uh, it's just been kind of funny. The The thing that's getting in the way or, or, or causing the most headache is not really what I thought it would be so far, uh, right. which was the bullpen. And I think as as the rest of the team gets into more of a rhythm and just starts playing sharper uh baseball and and to be fair we're we're talking in the middle of a game where where they are playing 
absolutely not sharp baseball. Right, uh, right. At all. Uh, I, I do think defensively they've looked better <laughs> than people would have expected this year so far. Uh, but the the lineup has been underperforming, uh, obviously. There are a lot of very good hitters like Francisco and Pete Alonso. Uh, sorry, like Francisco Lindor and Pete Alonso who, who hit home runs tonight that we know are better hitters than what they've shown so far. And they, and they've had this sort of disjointed, uh, schedule. The, the thing that we all saw today was that they were taking batting practice for the first time in a week. Uh, you know, I, I, I think they're going to be fine, but I do think that some of the bullpen issues might be sort of magnified, uh, and put on display once the lineup gets going, um, uh, you know, I, I like everybody in the mess rotation right now. I don't necessarily expect anyone other than DeGrom to compete for the Cy Young. Uh, you know, they, they've been good enough that <laughs> in the, in the early going they're they're up that high. Um, but yeah, as as the rotation sort of settles into what it is, and and Carrasco comes back, and uh, and and Syndergaard comes back, I think that part of the team is going to be pretty stable. Um, but as the lineup gets better, I do worry about what the bullpen's doing in big spots. Well, you know, but those things are kind of um, they kind of affect one another because on the one hand. You know, the part of the reason the Mets bullpen has been put in rough spots because the Mets haven't had big leads. So if the offense is firing on all cylinders, hopefully the bullpen is in less one-run ball games. So there's more of a margin for error for them to be able to execute how they need to. Yeah. Um, but you know, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's it's very very hard to figure out sort of where this team's true talent is right now because everything is so weird i mean you wrote a piece that went up today about how the mets offense is going to be okay we had a piece by dave on uh tuesday about how the mets have been shifting more and that is part of their defense looking better which i think is also a really good point and something we have seen um thus far in the season i have a piece coming out later this week about the mets and the use of their bench thus far and how their bench usage has actually been pretty good uh, initially. So, you know, there there is there is stuff to be positive about. There is stuff to be uh, hopeful about. But it's just such a weird season so far. The NL East has not looked very good. The Mets are still in first place. The Mets, despite not hitting anything, really. Um, Marcus Stroman has looked as good as anyone in baseball, essentially, through his first couple starts. Taiwan Walker has looked a little bit rougher, but has, has looked overall pretty good. Trevor May is starting to put it together, it seems. Edwin Diaz has looked okay. Brandon Nimmo, until last night, was getting on base constantly. You know, there's there. it's just such a weird season. Um, but let's let's sort of dig a little bit deeper here. So the thing that I am looking for is I'm looking for the Mets to have a game like the Cubs are having right now where they're, they just have this offensive explosion, and maybe that will shake the doldrums out a little bit. Is there something that you are waiting to see that will make you feel better about the Mets right now? Hmm. 
J.D. Davis not in the lineup at third base. <laughs> that, that's that's going to be a tough one, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, that that's a negative answer to that question. Uh, I guess what, one of the things, what would have been my first answer was, was just Lindor's first home run as a Mets. Um, and, and that happened. I expect that he will hit a lot more home runs because that's who he is. He's a, he's a good fielding shortstop, despite looking awkward alongside everybody else in the field tonight. Uh, it, it, like if you haven't had an awkward play tonight, I don't know if you were actually in the field for the Mets. Um, but aside from those things tonight, I fully expected him to be a really good defender at short who hit a lot of home runs. So, um, you know, got the first one off the board, but I could say that seeing him hit home runs regularly would would be a lot of fun and uh, something that I think will happen. So that would that would help. And and Pete Alonso tonight too did something that was uh, sort of absent so far in in just hitting a absolute no doubt home run that went a very far distance. Um, so those kinds of things help and then i guess the one thing that hasn't happened at all yet is just conforto um finding any kind of success at the plate and we know he's capable of it um i I know a lot of focus got shifted to his contract situation after lindor was extended um but at the same time I, i don't know it's not like conforto is um given the attention of somebody like uh, Mike Trout or Bryce Harper or, or anybody like that. And, and he's not as good as those players, but he is a very good player. Um, so I just, I don't know if the contract stuff weighs on somebody on his tier in the same way that it might with somebody who's expected to get the richest deal ever signed by a, a baseball player. Um, but whatever's going on, we know he's a much better hitter than he is. And just seeing him have, have a really good week would, would be nice. Um, and that, you know, you mentioned the thing I wrote earlier today, six everyday players in the Mets lineup coming into today. were hitting well below their career norms. Um, or in the case of James McCann, significantly below what he had done over the last two years, uh, because his career norm was sort of heavily weighted by, several years of, of not really being a good hitter. Um, so do with that what you will. But, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a lot of fun to think about what games will look like if the hitters just do what they've always done uh, and, and if the rotation is good, which I think it could be. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right about that. It's just it's frustrating because I think that well for two reasons. Number one, there's been a lot of games this season that seem like they're games the Mets should have won and didn't, and that always bums you out as a fan. But also it feels like I don't think that the Braves and maybe even the Phillies are going to have as much trouble down the stretches they're having right now. So you want to be able to make up ground now so that when the dog days hit and you're not necessarily seeing these teams struggle so much, there's a comfortable enough lead built up that you don't feel like – you don't feel the pressure 
every single day because you have a more comfortable cushion there. But, I mean, looking at the standings right now, and this is obviously not reflecting tonight's game, but, um, you know, the Mets are uh, a game up on Philadelphia, but they've played less games. The Mets are 7-5, and five, Philly is 9-9. Nine and nine. So the Mets technically can can drop the next two games and be at 500, and if the Phillies stay the same, then they will be tied. But the Mets probably should be more like 9-3 and three right now, just based on a couple of games they really let go. And, you know, obviously every game matters. I, I don't believe that games at different times in the year matter more than others because that just doesn't make any logical sense. But right now it would be really nice to, to rack up some of these wins while the other teams are struggling, and they're not doing that. So that is that is a big frustration, and I'm, I'm you know, trying not to let that cloud how I'm feeling too much about this. I'm also trying not to let cloud just – like you said, the fact that six above-average Major League hitters are all kind of playing like garbage right now. You know, I was talking with um, somebody on locker room issues. I think it was Thomas about how it's frustrating to watch the Mets struggle now, more so than it, like if they went through the same kind of skid in you know uh, in two months. There would be two months of data to back up that they're actually a pretty good team and that you shouldn't worry about this. But when you're when you don't have that data to back you up, you're not. It's hard to tell if this is who they really are or if they're really better than this. I think they're better than this. You think they're better than this, but it's going to be tough to feel that way with any confidence until we actually see them put up, you know, a couple of weeks of, of playing legitimately good baseball where they're hitting the ball. Because last week was great. I mean, they, they, swept, they swept the Phillies. They took, you know, they, they did well in Colorado. But it just seems like they ne- they didn't have any game across those six games that really broke them out and made you feel like, okay, they're going to be all right now. I'm that That's for me. I'm That's just what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for that moment where I feel like, okay, this is no longer me feeling like they're going to be okay. But this is me seeing they're going to be okay, if that makes any sense. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. On the bright side, has there been anybody you want to particularly shout out here in terms of being uh, especially fun to watch or good over the early part of the season? Um, obviously, Stroman and Degrom <clears throat> have been have been a lot of fun, and Walker has too, despite the struggles in Chicago. Um, just seeing him get out there and, and use the stuff that he has. Um, which looks a lot better than 
the last couple of seasons. So uh, that that's been fun. I, I always lean toward pitching. So uh, you know, I get it. <clears throat> Obviously, the the Mets offense hasn't been living up to its uh, expectations by any means. But if the Mets are winning, it, that what was it? A two-one game in Colorado when Degrom? No, no, Degrom gave up three runs. Yeah, uh, but may, I, it might have been in the Degrom start that I'm thinking of. But a, a relatively low-scoring, tight game where everything feels really important in the last, uh, you know, two to three innings is something that I always enjoy. So. Uh, those kinds of wins, those those tight late wins, um, I think you know they're pretty universally loved. But I, I would just say that I, you know, I, I've I've enjoyed when we've gotten those moments, and it hasn't been that many of them yet. But that that's nice for sure. And then as somebody who uh, has these bullpen concerns, I will say that I'm intrigued by Miguel Castro. Um, Everything's super small sample size at this stage of the season, uh, especially when the Mets bullpen, because of so many postponements and the starting pitching being pretty good and, and eating up a, a good amount of innings, uh, the Mets bullpen just hasn't thrown that many innings. But right. Castro is intriguing if he's not walking a ton of dudes. And it's extremely early, but he's not. Uh, you know, he's he had that uptick in strikeout rate before the Mets traded for him. Um, it seems to be sticking. So uh, I, as much as people who cover the game love to talk about everything that's wrong with it, um, I like pitchers who strike guys out. Uh, you know, I, and I've, I've said this on the show, somebody like Stroman is, is refreshing in a way because it's like, okay, this isn't the type of pitcher I would necessarily – seek uh as a baseball fan but because of the way he plays the game and because he shows passion and emotion for his teammates while he's on the field and he's i don't know interactive on twitter normally and not afraid to say things that piss people off when he's saying things that are right 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 all, all of those things come together and it's like, oh, okay, pitching pitching to contact a little bit can be fun. Uh, but it takes a special player to do that. So in the case of most pitchers, you know, I always lean toward, hey, this guy strikes out a million dudes per inning. <laughs> and, and Castro isn't like on the Edwin Diaz level when it comes to strikeout rate or anything, but he's, he's capable of getting them and uh, – that early return on the walk rate has me kind of thinking like, oh, okay, this this could be somebody who, as a fan, I trust in a in a spot that like doesn't rise to the level of Edwin Diaz, Seth Lugo, Trevor May, but is still an important spot. Um, and and I think whether or not he succeeds at that, or if anybody else rises to that level is very important because there are going to be days, even if everybody's healthy, that May, Lugo, and Diaz, all three, pitched two days in a row. And there's a game today, and somebody's got to go make that appearance. So, 
Yeah. Uh, shout out Miguel Castro. I think Trevor Hildenberger is uh, is somebody who who can succeed at the major league level. Um, you know, given the fact that he's healthy, fully healthy, um, and and getting a shot in the major leagues again after having some success not that long ago with the Twins. Um, so yeah, a little bit of bullpen optimism for me here. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I mean, it's certainly frustrating to watch, you know, some some lesser players get um what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say important innings cuz they're all important innings, right? But like Jacob Barnes was finally good last night after 2 weeks of him being or two, two appearances, rather, of him just being, you know, just utter garbage. Just just absolute utter garbage. And it's nice to be able to see just, uh, you know, Castro has been good. Like you said, May has been good. I think Hildeberger is going to be good. Hildenberger. He wants to call him Hildeberger. Hildenberger is going to be good. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think that we're going to – I think we're going to be okay in the bullpen. I, I – I, not that's the wrong way to put it. I think there's optimism, like you said, in the bullpen. Um, the big question for me with the bullpen is just how much better will they be when you get the return of, um, mother. I, I guess when you get Lucchese in the bullpen, hopefully, or you get uh, just you know some some folks who should be more exciting, more interesting than the folks that are there right now. You know, I, I think I think when Lucchese hopefully gets to the bullpen after the return of Syndergaard and the return of Carrasco, that will help things. I think there are a couple of guys like Vizcaino, for instance, in the minors who can come up and could be more interesting also. I just think that there's going to be a different collection of guys in the bullpen in a week or two, or rather a month or two, than there is right now. And that's a thing that I cannot wait to see because I'm already sick of some of the some of the regular players in this in this bullpen, like the Gazellemans of the world and whatnot. Um, yeah, but, yeah. I, I will say, uh, admittedly, I was wrong about one thing. Um, they got Batansis on the <laughs> injured list much faster than I thought when he looked like he was toast early on, and and I've said it several times. I always liked him as a pitcher i hope he finds it again and uh could be a useful pitcher for the mets this year but you know if you're looking that bad um i'm glad the mets found a way to to replace him on the roster until something changes um familia is sort of staying afloat despite still having you know, walk rates that almost match his strikeout rates. So I, I, don't, I don't know on that one, you know, but I thought in both cases they were going to stick with those pitchers um, for at least the first couple of weeks of the season, no matter what they did on the mound. So the fact that they at least did something regarding one of them was a, a little bit of a pleasant surprise too. Yes, I agree with that. I completely agree with that. You know, I I don't want to sound like I'm making excuses for the bullpen because I, I certainly don't feel that way. 
But I also think that it's too early to be totally down on it. I feel like you and I consistently on this show say things like it's too early to panic. But then at a certain point, it becomes <laughs> appropriate to panic. And I think, I think at least for me, and I would say probably for you too, we sometimes are a little bit too slow to get to panicking. <laughs> and, 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 you know, basically what I'm saying here is that I feel okay right now. I probably won't forever. And I'll probably be the last person to admit the Mets are not going to go anywhere this season because <laughs> that's where I tend to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think part of it is just sort of, I don't know, the aging process as a sports fan. Like, the Mets showed with terrible music a, a montage of uh, things from the 2015 NLCS because the Mets are at Wrigley Field. And, uh, you know, there's some reaction on Mets Twitter of, of like, okay, like, no, no, don't show that. It hurts too much, that kind of thing. Whereas I'm like, but that was like the most fun I've had as a Mets fan. <laughs> I, yeah. Like, I, I, I know it ended poorly. And, you know, there's that part of you that's like, ah, you know, you, of course it stings to, to then think about what happened right after it. But I don't know. I can look back fondly at, uh, you know, that, that kind of a season that didn't result in a World Series win, but was just really uh, a lot of fun. You know, 2019 even provided that, although obviously it wasn't on 2015 scale. But any year that you get to go to several games where it's just electric like that, um, that's something to hold on to, I think. So, you know, I don't, I don't know if I would have said that at 26, um, you know, saying it now at 36, but yeah. Yeah. And that's well said. So we're not panicking just yet, but you know, a couple more games like this and who knows what'll happen, but you know, I mean, Hildenberger is looking okay right now. That's maybe an, a bit of an, over, an overselling, but you know, I he'll be okay. We'll be okay. We'll be fine, guys. That's my that's that's my that's my refrain for right now. Still, my refrain is still we'll be fine. We'll see how I feel in a month. Uh, anyway, uh, what is uh, what is your music pick for this week, Chris? Hmm. I have one locked and loaded. If if you need a minute. Yeah, let's let's have you go first again. I'm trying to think of like the polar opposite of what the music experience was for that montage choice that S and Y made. <laughs> and I'll come up with one, but you go first. So, um, you know, like, like every, uh, white kid who plays guitar, I went through a black Sabbath phase when I was in high school, really more middle school than high school. And then I kind of put aside a lot of heavier music for a long time. And as I've, as usually happens when you hit your thirties, you get more politically radical and you start listening to heavier music again. I'm kidding. That never happens except to weirdos like me. But so I've been in a big uh, <laughs> Black Sabbath phase lately. And uh, specifically, I have been really, really digging uh, the, the third and fourth records that Black Sabbath made. I, I, I want to focus today on Master of Reality. Um, this is 
to my opinion, the best Black Sabbath album. It really only is six songs. There's two songs that are 28 and like 90 seconds long, uh, respectively, that are instrumental pieces. It's only really only six actual songs. Each song is over five minutes long, with a couple of them being uh, over six, I think. Yeah, two of them over six, over six minutes long. Um, the reason that I have been rediscovering this album in particular right now is we had Ted Berg on the show a few weeks ago, and Ted and I were talking about the literary career of Mountain Goat's frontman, John Darnielle. And Darnielle wrote a book in the 33 and a Third series, which is a series of very short books that are inspired by different albums. And they are uh, typically nonfiction books. Um, and... Uh, he decided instead to do a fiction version of this. And so it's about a kid who is um, in a like a mental institution, but not he, he has been committed by his parents because it's sort of implied he either attempted suicide or was just having a particularly like rough go of it. And so um, he is institutionalized and his his music is taken away from him and this is his favorite record and he's writing in a journal that's been provided by the institution to um to sort of get him to to start dealing with his feelings and so he is describing track by track the the songs on master of reality and so i've been listening to the album as i've been reading the book I'm trying to read like a chapter or two a day. I've been super busy, so I haven't a chance to do it as much as I'd like to. But it's reminded me how much I love this album and just how fun this album is. And so that is that is my pick for this week, Master of Reality by Black Sabbath. Nice. Can't go wrong with that one, man. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'll, I will go with – I don't think I've recommended any, any of the music um, – on the podcast before, but um, the current incarnation of Alice in Chains has William Duvall as the lead singer, um, you know, plays some guitar as well, um, but very much a front man live. Uh, he was in a band that toured with Jerry Cantrell uh, as he was touring his solo music and playing Alice in Chains songs and, um, you know, playing those sets with the band that William was in, which was called Comes With The Fall. And they would play their set, and then I think there was another opener, and then Comes With The Fall would come out, uh, the three of them, with Jerry and with one other guy as his band for his solo tour. So it, they pulled off that double duty really well, and... They made a lot of good music in their own right, and uh, it's been really cool to see him get into Alice in Chains and, you know, sort of get out there and, and just do all this awesome stuff. But they they made a, they made three record three full length records, uh, the most recent of which was Beyond the Last Light, and that's the album I'm recommending right now because there's another album that might come up that shares a name with one of the songs on this record. So I will, I will leave a little cliffhanger here. Um, if anybody's really devoted to listening to our music picks at the end of the episode, <laughs> they can Google each song and try to figure out what the other album is that, uh, I would consider to be a contender. Oh, Hildenberger just 
gave up. Uh, man, well that that sucked. Oh, yep. Okay. Yeah, that was a grand slam. Uh, that's okay. Is this a bad time to say he's going to be on Amazing Avenue in conversation on Friday? <laughs> yeah. Well, he is, <laughs> and and it's a great conversation, and I think uh, I think he will be better than uh, his outing tonight. Um, but yeah, be, beyond the last light comes with the fall. Um, it, it's a very good record, and uh, yeah. If I if I listen to the other record that shares a connection to this record in my mind, then I might recommend it next week. So here's hoping I give it a shot. That's a tease if I ever heard one. <laughs> You're right. If anyone out there is really de- this dedicated to our music picks, I'm going to be impressed. Yeah. But that's okay. Yeah. No, no, no. I, but I... I I'd like giving them, and I'd I'd like to think that every episode, at least one person has listened to one of our recommendations. That sounds about right. And if and if uh, one of my favorite things about music is sort of the you know connections between bands and you know whether it's band members, festivals, influences, recommendations, just that sort of never-ending path of how you get into things. So if even one person is a fan of a band that one of us recommended on an episode, that's pretty cool. Like I I love that about music. Um, So yeah. Yes, I agree. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, I truly appreciate it. Um, I hope that by the time we speak next, the Mets have played more games, although they have two days off next week. So maybe not. Um, And um, you know, we, we, we shall see how things go. But pl- until then, please go to AmazingEvenue.com. We have lots of fun stuff going on over there. We also have other podcasts, which you should definitely check out. Uh, Amazing Avenue in Conversation, as I mentioned on Friday, we'll have Trevor Hildenberger talking about movies. A really fun conversation with our own Grace Carbone, who was also on a pod of their own, one of our other shows, last night. We also have Unformidable with Rob Wolf and our Miners crew does From Complex to Queens. Check all those out on this feed. Thank you so much for checking this show out. You can find it on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, wherever podcasts are made, you can find it. So check that out. You can also find Amazing Avenue on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. Chris is, is at Chris McShane on Twitter. I am at Brian Knapp on Twitter. And until next time, let's go Mets. Mm-hmm.